1: You've heard this how many times before? A phrase we hear a lot today, or maybe we should hear more of these days. This show is about kindness, about helping others in our schools, our neighborhoods, and communities. Each week, we'll be talking to new people who are helping out our communities, assisting with and running charities, mentoring youth, speaking out about health awareness, and so much more. We'll highlight issues that affect all of us on an individual, family, and community level. Welcome to Be Kind Always. Well, hello, it's your host, Charlie Weddle for the Be Kind Always podcast. I um, always want to try to start the show off with something positive and uh, uplifting, and uh, uh, Nikki's here today. Nikki, anything positive that you thought of this morning, like for, for me this morning was, it's another day, it's another opportunity.
0: For me, it really was um, Monday morning, let's start this week off great.
1: I get it. (laughs) That's all you can do.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, I want to welcome Nikki Kuntz. I I want to make sure I get it right. Good job. Uh, She's the clinical director at Teen Lifeline and such an important topic today. My goodness. I was thinking about this over the weekend for the longest time. It would Mm -hmm. never leave my mind. Um, I have a 16-year-old daughter, junior Mm -hmm. in high school. Uh, I have a 20-year-old daughter, junior at ASU. Uh, So I've got kids and this Mm -hmm. falls right in the wheelhouse. And we're talking about Teen Lifeline. Can you tell me a little bit about where where you are, what you do, Mm -hmm. how you get it done, and why we need to pay attention?
0: Well, probably what we're best known for is that we run a crisis hotline for teenagers across Arizona. Um, it's a 24 hour hotline. The unique thing about us, though, is that um, it's a peer counseling hotline. So we uh-huh. actually train teenagers to take those calls. Teens are
1: Teens. taking the calls.
0: Teens are taking the calls. They're I always like supervised that. by master's behavioral health professionals. Sure. But But, I mean, you having teenagers, you mm-hmm. understand that um, they during their teenage years especially, they kind of turn away from the adults and right. they and they really um, focus on their peers and their peers are where they usually go to for help and support first. And right. so understanding that, that's where Teen Lifeline came from, the idea of peers helping peers. And
1: adults don't always have the answers that right. they, that we um, think we
0: do. <laughs> right?
1: We, we all feel we've lived that right. uh, that side, but a different generation. Oh, yeah. Um, a different way of doing things. And oh, that yeah. was the big thing that came up in my mind mm-hmm. uh, thinking about this is social media today. Yes. We, I, me, uh, I'm not sure when you graduated high school, but I was in the 80s. <laughs> Uh, and we didn't have phones in our pockets. Right. Um, so if there was a breakup, if there was a situation, if there was a, uh, uh, a breakdown, it wasn't broadcast right. immediately on a phone to thousands.
0: Right. You weren't worried about that level of humiliation.
1: Right. And that's a little bit crazy. And it's a, t- t- Tell me about how kids today uh, are faced with that and what right. Teen Lifeline is doing with that.
0: So so social media definitely has changed the landscape for teenagers sure. and adolescents. It's not something I had to deal with. And thank goodness because <laughs> if things that I did had right. been broadcast all over right. the internet, pictures, all of that that would have been Nicky. horrible. <laughs> but and, and I think that's how it is for all of us. I sure. think that is harder to be a teenager. Right. Um you know, the the biology of it is that we know that um, while they're getting things earlier, mm-hmm. so they're getting access to world news, they're right. getting access to um, interaction with all generations, um, they're getting access to information at their fingertips that we did not have to. We had to take a whole extra step and go to the library <laughs> right, <laughs> to learn anything, where now they have Google and they can know anything and everything, even when they shouldn't, um, and But their brain development hasn't caught up with that. So they live in this world of immediate gratification, of information, Mm -hmm. of product. They can get Amazon in two hours to two days. Right. Um, Many stores are open 24 hours a day. So they have this immediate gratification world, but yet their brain and emotions don't catch up to that. So they really don't know how to
1: compute that. Right. Right. And so
0: we have kids that they're struggling with those breakups that you talk about or whatever, whatever's going on. And they're like, well, why can't this go away right away? Mm -hmm. Everything else can be solved immediately, but why can't my emotions go away in a couple hours? Right. And that's not the way that it works. And so what we're really doing and what our focus is, is really building resiliency in Mm -hmm. youth. Um, and, And from that, it means that we can't create a bubble in which our world's our kids live in a perfect world. Oh, my goodness. No.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think as, as my kids were growing uh-huh. up, I, I can uh, relate to that. If we could have wrapped them in bubble wrap, you know, right. so that they don't feel the bumps and the bruises. Right. Uh, but that's all a part of growing up. It and is. becoming the adult that you're going right. to become. Uh, is it an attention thing? Is there a, is, is you know, I, I hate to keep going back to the it's social worse. media thing, but, um, it's more like it's instant attention. It's like, look at me, look at mm-hmm. me. Uh, you know, there was something that happened at uh, the homecoming dance uh, this year where all the attention just Zoom focused on somebody that wasn't even there and right. everybody was worked up about it. And it's like, in my mind, I'm going, well, <laughs> forget that person. Right? Like, wh- why, why are you letting it ruin? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it becomes this attention thing. So, do you think that today, mm-hmm. um, that that social media and wanting to make everybody. Uh, uh, feel right and appropriate um, <laughs> mm-hmm. is a big effect in this.
0: I think it does. I think it definitely plays a role. And um, you know, I think for me as a social worker, I look and I go, all of this is age appropriate for them. Sure, we did it just in different ways, right. and we didn't have the right. media attention to it. Mm-hmm. We gossiped. We did all of that, no. but we didn't have to worry about how <laughs> many likes we got. Sure, or how many follows we got, or how many thumbs up we got, and so. So with that, I think it does it for for teenagers today, um, right or wrong, they oftentimes will look at their social media posts as a, a temperature gauge of their of their role in their world or their value or their value exactly right. yeah. and so because of that 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 is a struggle. Um, but honestly, I can't tell you that adults aren't doing the same on social media. Oh,
1: believe me. So, oh, believe so it's me.
0: hard. I think the first thing that we have to step back is go. We can't take it away mm-hmm. because then they aren't like their peers, and that's the number right. one thing that teenagers want. Well,
1: I've said <laughs> I've said so many times we're not going to go backwards. No. We're not going to start watching no, black and white not. televisions, and the phones are going to be brick phones. And I mean, it's right. we're not going to be going backwards. It's it's going to get worse or more progressive as right. we move forward and it's going to come a lot faster right. you know and
0: we got to change our rules to meet that right. and we got to change our, our our parenting we have to teach our, our how we teach our kids mm-hmm. um and i got to tell you as someone who um engages with on social media with both youth as well as adults i can tell you that the adults behave worse right on social media than the kids do so as long as we're continuing to do that right that's we're never gonna <laughs> expect that to be different with our kids right but stepping back and realizing that um you know we we also wanted to have the most recent hairstyle or mm-hmm. the clothes or and for them their ability to take a good Instagram picture is equivalent to that for them
1: yeah you know and it's different between my two kids mm-hmm. my 20 year old uh, when she was going through high school it was a different situation mm-hmm. for her my 16 Year old, it's it's a little bit different, um, and it seems to be, uh, it seems to be a little bit more of a struggle. Um, right. There's a lot of things to live up to. She's incredibly smart. I mean, the the, the test scores and all this and so and so. I feel sometimes that she's a little bit bored at school because she's so far advanced in things. Right. But it seems like a different situation than her older sister. Um, so when you say that's a lot of the kids that are uh going through this and they call teen lifeline Mm -hmm. they're actually calling teens um and you know because i know that my youngest goes to my oldest you know what i mean (laughs) which
0: is her peer
1: absolutely and i know that she gets great advice from from that side um and i kind of hover at about well, you know how they say 30,000 feet. I'm kind of hovering at maybe 1,000 feet watching overhead going, okay, okay, you know. And um, my wife may be at about 250 feet, but uh, um, it's important. But um, right. I think that peer-to-peer, uh, it, it works well. How has that worked with you guys?
0: Well, you know, we've been around for 30 uh, since 1986, so mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> long time now, thirty-four yes. years, and um, so when it, it definitely works, uh, that's what we, what I can say. Mm-hmm. the The part that I can, the part that I can really speak to with that is that I've watched it save lives. Right. I've, I've watched 18 sixteen, seventeen, eighteen-year-olds take calls on this hotline. And get to go home that night and say I saved a life and their parents can't say that about Mm -hmm. their lifetime Mm -hmm. and so how significant is that but it really the hotline is really about building resiliency in our youth giving them a place to call where they know they're not being judged there's somewhere that they can talk to who gets it Mm -hmm. someone who gets it who gets being a teenager these days right Um, but also our job on the hotline um, the peer counselors job is not to provide advice but instead to help them to learn problem solving and help them to fit to see what is going to work in their world because what works in my world and what works in your world is different and so it is about building the problem solving and those resiliency skills so that they know that when life's challenges come to them life isn't over they can get through it but us adults who say things will get better right that doesn't feel good in the moment
1: yeah it's (laughs) yeah it's like it's like the sloppy band-aid you know it's like it's not quite there it's like i get it mom and dad it's good. I get it's it. Good. But um, but they mm, don't have that time. Right. They
0: don't have that time. And for them, these emotions, these feelings, and these experiences are the very first time they're feeling them. So it's so intense yes. in comparison to oh, as life goes on. But I remember that first breakup. It's and a it,
1: life-altering it thing. It is.
0: Your heart physically hurts in your chest. Oh, yeah. It, it feels like it's going to explode out of it. And every, every fiber of your being feels it, not just emotionally, but right. physically. Mm-hmm. And... It's as an adult sometimes it's hard to look back and go oh, and and hearing it'll be okay and this will happen again it doesn't feel better like it doesn't <laughs> right. make no. it feel it, good it doesn't.
1: <laughs> uh, we're talking with Nikki Coons. She's the clinical director at Teen Lifeline Statistics. Oh my goodness! I was going through some of the statistics here mm-hmm. um, from last year, and it's it's a little shocking uh, that 16 of the kids that. Um, had committed suicide 13 years old mm-hmm. younger mm-hmm. like life is hard I yes. get it but to make a 13 and younger person say that it's time it, I can't I can't even imagine it being a parent right. I can't imagine that I can't uh, imagine. What was going through that teen's mind or that preteen's mind? Mm-hmm. Tell me about some of these warning signs right. that, as parents, as and not maybe you're not even a parent, maybe you, uh, your, your kids are, kids are growing up, maybe you are the neighbor, maybe mm-hmm. you're the uncle, maybe you're the godfather or godparent. Right. Um, what are some of the warning signs that mm-hmm. folks should be watching out mm-hmm. for to at least give them that? you know, hey, um, Warning ahead.
0: Right. So I think the the first thing that we have to really discuss is w- what is suicide really about, mm-hmm. and suicide is complicated. Yeah. Um. And it's never the same thing for every person, but what it what it really is is that each of us has a different tolerance of pain, right? Different tolerance level, and so when when we're talking about suicide, it's because there's unresolved other issues that are creating a crisis in someone's life mm-hmm. where they feel like they can't escape it. They right. feel like um, the world would be better off or that um, it has become so unbearable right. that it's too difficult. So when we talk about those 10 to 13 year olds mm-hmm. um, and even up those feelings for a 10 year old and the feeling for a 25 year old or sure. the feeling for an 80 year old, it's that same thing of that. Is it, this is never going to get better. The
1: common denominator. Exactly. Absolutely. So
0: what do we look for? The, the number one thing I tell anyone to look for, especially parents, um, is to listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. If you notice a drastic change in your child, right. start asking questions. Sure. Um, what the, are some
1: of those questions that you would ask?
0: Well, those questions is being open and honest from right. an early age mm-hmm. of talking about... Um, that life sometimes talk about when you see things in the media or you see things from their friends that you really talk about feelings, right. you help to give them a feeling vocabulary early in life. Um, and you talk about that. We need to just talk about, we need to talk to one another when, when things get tough or when things feel like they're overwhelming or the things aren't going to get better. Let's talk it out. Right. Um, but make sure that when you're worried about your child, that you're open and honest with that question and mm-hmm. say, you know, I've noticed a change in your eating and sleeping, I mm-hmm. noticed that you're not on your phone as much or-
1: Who you're hanging out with. Or you're, who
0: you're hanging out, or you're not wanting to go out with your friends All and right. you're spending more time in your room. Um, and. And I can tell something's going on, and I want you to know that I'm here. But, but more, I'm worried that are you having thoughts of hurting yourself? Right. Are you having thoughts of suicide? Um, and it's important wow. to ask it open and honestly. Whoa. It's scary. That is. It is so scary. It's
1: hard to hear. Even as it is. even just sitting here and hearing you say that, that's hard to mm-hmm. hear.
0: But it's important to real, realize that our children know what that word is. Mm-hmm. You know, when we look at one in three of our callers are having thoughts of suicide, or um, three kids in every classroom are Mm -hmm. having thoughts of suicide at any given moment in Arizona, this word isn't unheard of for them right. and so it's a scary word to say but for them it could be the difference between life and death it sure. also if they're not having those thoughts it could open the door to them knowing that you care enough that we can have this conversation
1: exactly and
0: and it's not just care enough it's that it's that you can get past the fear
1: right yeah <laughs> because
0: yeah. i've asked that question a thousand times sure but it doesn't make it any less fearful when i do i still want that answer to be no yes but it's important that we ask that question so that we're telling this other person i if if you ever are feeling that way
1: i'm here for you i'm here and
0: just and and what we know is that um when when you ask that question and someone is having those thoughts that you can see an immediate relief in their shoulders of Mm -hmm. oh I can tell someone. Right, it's just as so scary, and that's something that they're holding on to. Um, the other part is that we want to make sure we're we're paying attention of how we're asking that question. Sure, because as a parent, it's real easy to ask that question of you're not thinking about suicide, right?
1: Yeah, like it's like matter of factish,
0: <laughs> right? And almost like they know what the answer sure. you want is, right? And so kids fear disappointing their parents. Mm-hmm. They don't want to make them scared, and they don't want to disappoint them. So we have to we have to ask it in a way that allows them to say yes, right? Say, "Are you having thoughts of suicide?" And it's the scariest question a parent would ever ask, right? But it could be the difference between life and death, sure. Um, and we know that even that's why we are in the schools teaching kids and teachers these same skills what to look for and how to how to intervene and how to connect them to help. Because so they amazing. need amazing We know that it's, it takes a village to raise our children.
1: Oh, my goodness. And where <laughs> and where, where do your kids during school spend most of their time? Right.
0: With the teachers right. and with their peers. Sure. So we're getting as educate as we do more and more education in schools and we do our ID initiative where our numbers on the back of school IDs, um, the more that's happening, the more we're actually getting calls on the hotline from kids that aren't friends with people but are actually noticing changes in their classmates that right. they aren't even friends with. Right. And they're saying, what do, what do I do now? What's the next step or how can I reach out to them? And that's amazing because it really is. Our teens are the gatekeepers for our children to Mm -hmm. get help. Oftentimes.
1: Now it is the the other question comes up too. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a student that might be in a classroom. And like you said, the the kids have the opportunity to call this lifeline. Mm-hmm. Um, does that also play into effect where kids are, you know, especially with all of the violence that mm-hmm. has been happening in schools these days? Um, Does that play into effect saying, hey, I noticed there's a kid in my school that Mm kind of, you know, he's by himself all the time in the lunchroom and he carries this big backpack and he doesn't talk to anybody and, uh, you know. Uh, I'm concerned. Does, mm-hmm. do, do, do things like that come yes. up a lot? Have you seen an increase in that? Well,
0: I wouldn't say that we're seeing an increase on the hotline with that, but we do take those calls. Sure. So for us, a crisis as a crisis hotline, it's a crisis as a teenager would mm-hmm. define it. Mm-hmm. So that could be a whole right. range of oh, things. My goodness. <laughs> it's yes. not as adults define it as right. they do. And so we definitely do have taken those calls where people are worried mm-hmm. about and even kids that, um, are, I don't know how that are dealing with these emotions and they're teetering on lashing out to other people or lashing out against themselves. Sure. And I think, as as again, as a social worker and someone who works in this field, you know, and looks at a lot of research, the thing we have to know is that there is a really fine line between a kid who... Um, d- that takes it out on themselves and inter- internally, and more focused on mm-hmm. themselves with suicide, mm-hmm. or crosses that line into hurting other people. Right. But ultimately, it is about feeling of being inescapable pain and needing other people to see their hurt right. and see their pain. Sure. And for those that. That retaliate towards someone else, that is about them feeling and knowing the level of pain that they maybe have put them through, at least in their, in, in, from their perception. Right. Um, And so it's, these warning signs are very similar. Right. Um, in terms of whether or not you're worried about a child or your child lashing out at others or mm-hmm. lashing out at themselves, it's those same warning signs of recognizing when there's a huge change in behavior. Mm-hmm. You might, for teenagers, you also might recognize that they like um, rage, go into rage real easy, sure. Sure. or not just that tearful, dis- yeah. d- depressed kid that we yeah. d- the media shows in the c- in the corner. Right, depression looks different on everyone. Absolutely. And so that r- that fear of that fear of humiliation to the point where it paralyzes them, mm-hmm. that's a huge warning sign amongst our kids, sure. especially when you're looking at social media and their phone use.
1: Right. What are some things that... Uh People, what are some other things that people can do to mm-hmm. uh, help these kids?
0: So uh, so it's important to not be afraid to ask the question. So if you're right. in a place of where you can provide help and, and or you in, engage with youth, parent or a family member or a teacher, um, make sure that you um, you can take a look at our website and learn more about the more detailed warning signs and, and um, how to connect What's and how website? to connect them to. Teenlifeline.org.
1: Okay, so... So pretty simple.
0: Pretty simple. Um, there is, uh, We're all over social media and we're constantly posting things for parents as right. well as educators and youth mm-hmm. um, in order to what to look for, what to do, but also just how to connect. Right. And oftentimes for parents, there's a lot of stuff on our website on how to connect with your child. Sure. Understanding that um, it is a different generation and there's no parenting book. Right. Um,
1: <laughs> Not anymore, man. The Dr. Spock book exactly. might be a little bit out of date these days, <laughs> right? Exactly.
0: Exactly, and so because of that, um, you know, you have to learn how to communicate with them in this new world. Right. And this, um, so so any opportunity that parents can have in asking open questions, mm-hmm. making sure that you're not say, "Did you have a good day?" But instead, tell me about your day.
1: Right. <laughs> you know, I and it's funny. It, it's it. I mean it in a very serious way. There, there's. Uh, I even challenge my wife with her answers, like, hey, how was your day today? And when she says busy, I go, yeah, okay, we're all busy. So tell me, you know, tell Tell me me more. more. Tell me something about it. Like, what... Uh, so I'll I'll say that with my kids, too. Like, so how was school today? That's one thing. Mm-hmm. It was OK. It was what? You know, and I'll get that answer all the time. Like, who wants to talk about school? Right. Exactly. Like, don't question, Dad. I get it. But it's like, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, what happened today in uh, in your history class? Right. Because I know that my 16 year old loves her history class. So. Just, you know, just about asking
0: those questions that are meaningful to your kid. You Mm -hmm. know your kid. Right. Ask those questions that are meaningful to them. Right. The other thing we always tell parents is pay attention to when your kids have friends around, as much as it can be really annoying driving your kids around to meet their friends and everything, it can be life altering and in the information you learn oh by goodness. allowing them just to talk to each other and you sitting silent in the front seat.
1: Act like the Lyft Uber <laughs> driver, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly, yeah, That's all you are. And
0: that is how you get insight <laughs> into your child and your child's life and opens the door of communication because then you can say, hey, I heard you talking about what was going on with Jane. What's that like? Yeah. What's going on?
1: Exactly.
0: And and asking, learning how to open questions. The hardest part for parents and for adults is that we want to fix Oh my goodness. Stop trying to fix it and take a step back and say, what do you feel like your options are? At what point do you want my help And how can I help you
1: We we are all fixers I just said that over the weekend That's like my big thing is like fixing I Uh like to fix things And there's some things that I understand That I'm not going to fix I'll I'll always use the phrase of I'm going to leave that up to the professionals Uh, Or you know in the case of uh, Go ask your mother That type of thing But I I also think that that's a trait that gets passed down Because I think that my 16 year old wants to be a fixer thus the incident that (laughs) happened at the homecoming dance she was the one trying to To fix fix it. it And it's like,
0: oh now that's taken over her world. Right. <laughs>
1: exactly. So um,
0: right. It, there's some of us that are just natural helpers in the world. <laughs> and you just have to let that go. It's good to just give them the tools so that right. they can use their gifts for good.
1: Hey <laughs> that's why we that's why we call it be kind always. Exactly. It's one of those things where you just hey be kind always. It should be a trait that you should have. Exactly.
0: So. If we could all just know that, um our world would be a a little softer, <laughs> you know what I mean.
1: It's just, it's just a little help, just a little notice, just a little thing. You know, I've I've been in the radio industry mm. for over thirty years now, and I've had my share of those phone calls. Yeah, uh, on the request line, doing the late night shows uh, in different cities across uh, mm-hmm. America, and. It's been a challenge and I've spent an entire show on the phone with people that, you know, have been going through their situations.
0: Right. But and it's you provide a voice of connection. Right. Something they connect to and that's what we all want. Right. And so that, that's what the hotline is about, but all of our services. It's about creating a connection of hope and helping to connect kids to someone. Right anyone in their world that can provide that for them. I love
1: the peer counselors. I love that. <laughs> I think that's, that's very amazing. important. And, uh, and uh, kudos to you and the whole Thanks. team over there for making that uh, such a big part. How many calls do you get? I mean, mm-hmm. like in a week, or in a month, in a year? Well, like, what? Well, I mean is it a significant right. amount it is it, you know how mm-hmm. how do you uh, keep track of that
0: so we last year in in 2018 we received over 25 well just almost 25,000 calls and text mm. messages mm. cuz we also do texting mm-hmm. um just under 25,000 and we anticipate that there there will be an increase this year as well really? um and um Really, but again, those having to do with any kind of problems that kids are identifying. So about a third of our calls and texts have to do with suicide, mm-hmm. um, and depression. Where but the other two thirds deal with everything else. Right. And so they need
1: somebody to talk to.
0: Right. And the more that we can connect to them then
1: mm-hmm.
0: the less calls the less chance that right. we're gonna get them because they're gonna realize that they are resilient. It They'd, won't
1: be desperation. Exactly. It'll be more. I need help. I need exactly. somebody to talk to. Just need somebody to listen. Right. Who's not a parent? Who's not a friend? Who's not going to tell on me? Who's not going right. to make me feel bad? Confidential. It, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a confidential call. Do you uh, follow up with them at all?
0: We do on on calls that um, they want it or we want it. Sure. Uh, we can. So it's open ended um, for them. It is open ended, um, as well as any calls that are related to suicide or a severe crisis. We make sure that we follow up with them to make sure that um, they're doing better the next day.
1: Right. So let. Let's give moms and dads. And And moms and
0: dads can call us.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. If
0: they have questions as well, moms and dads can call us because we also have a laundry list of resources across the state um, because not every problem can be fixed in the course of a phone call. So there are plenty of resources out there that we are there to help connect families to other help in the community.
1: So let's give moms and dads, aunts and uncles, godparents, everybody who is dealing with kids children these days information mm-hmm. it's teenlifeline.org org, and, and the number to call would uh-huh. be 602-248-8336 or
0: 2418
1: i like the fact that uh the email address or the uh, the website address is so easy uh-huh. teen lifeline.org uh-huh. uh and uh you can go there and it's just a plethora of information yes. so to f- anything that you might need, any more research that you'd like to do on it, you can get it right there. Definitely. Nikki Kuntz, the clinical director for Teen Lifeline. Thank you so much for spending some time today. Thank you. And be kind always out there. (laughs)
0: Definitely. Be kind.
1: And that's going to do it for our show today. If you're looking for any information on the show, things you may have heard, you want more info on, please go to our Facebook page. It's Facebook.com slash Be Kind Always Podcast. That's one big word. Be Kind Always Podcast. Thank you so much for making a difference in the world by being a better you. We're all working on the same project. This is Charlie Weddle. Thanks again to my special guest, Nikki Koontz from Teen Lifeline. And of course, to you. Thanks so much for listening. And remember be kind always. You can hear the Be Kind Always podcast on the radio with audio on demand on the radio station websites, the radio.com app, and wherever you get your podcast audio. Please click subscribe and notifications and give us some feedback so we can make a bigger difference. This has been the Be Kind Always podcast.